Adventure Presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck. Uh, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, are you wearing a hat because it's a Disney uh, studio release, or are you wearing a hat in honor of Lord and Savior Jared Leto the playing box. the hat box <laughs> I, Eric, I'm so tired that I was going to make a hat box joke, uh, hat box <laughs> joke, um, too. <laughs> Because uh, I look like I, I've been both of us. You've been up since three a.m. I've been um, Matchbox I Twenty Seven. I went to bed uh, at four a.m. Um, I'm exhausted. It looks like I've been haunted by the Hatbox ghost, or just so, Jared yeah, Leto. Um, hair's not so great today, so wearing the uh, Disney World cap I got on my latest trip with my fam back in February, which I always meant to talk about on the show, but then I had a mental breakdown. <laughs> And we didn't record the main show for months. Will we get back to that? I want to because I I do like talking about uh, the vacations that I go on. I I went to Disney World. I've gone to Vegas since then. I had a mental breakdown, went to Universal Studios. Uh, But we'll talk about that on a different show because today we are reviewing Justin Simeon's Haunted Mansion uh, or which, as it's known internationally as Mojo Dojo Kesa Haunted Haunted House. Mansion. <laughs> God damn it. Go check out our Barbie and Oppenheimer Barbenheimer review, which is uh, now available for everyone too. Eric, it's July and you know what gets you into the mood? <laughs> Haunted spooky movies in July. Uh, how are you other than being probably also very tired? Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't haunted by the ghost of Jared Leto, who is still very much alive, uh, unfortunately. Uh, no, I don't. He does mean, haunt you. He does. Movie he does. He does. In my review, it was literally the first sentence of why is he the hatbox ghost? Um, you know what? It's yeah, we're at an interesting point uh, at the year right now, you know, to think about the writer and actor strikes going on on top. fully in support. No way of us reviewing yeah. this movie is in, you know, saying we're promoting the movie. We're just, you know, reviewing our film. jobs as critics and reviewing the movie. Yeah. So there's that. And, and with that comes, you know, um, delays, which I think is just on the side of the actors and the writers and, you know, the studios need to pay their creatives and pay them what they're worth and to have those residuals come in. And obviously that, could also be another show onto itself. But just thinking about where we are at the end of July and, you know, heading out into August before the festival season kind of begins, there's a lot of TIFF talk that we'll be getting to uh, at some point as well. You know, horror movies, usually when they're dumped at the end of the summer, aren't usually, isn't the greatest sign. Um, That's not always the case. Sometimes it's just that they don't, a studio doesn't know how to manage them, but it's, Haunted Mansion is one of those movies that's already been done once with Eddie Murphy in 2003, the same year that Pirates of the Caribbean came out and, and kind of was this massive hit. Um, you know, them trying to reboot it with Justin Simeon and in the director's chair, uh, who previously directed Dear White People and Bad Hair, with a script by uh, Katie Dippold, who also wrote... Who's a big uh, fan of Ghosts. <laughs> Ghostbusters, uh, the Paul Feig uh, film, has been getting slammed or i guess maybe in this case i should say slimed uh by ectoplasm by by critics but to be honest i don't think this is any worse than say something like the goonies 
in a lot of ways. You know, it's it's one of those films that feels very much geared towards a younger crowd that might be interested in the horror genre that parents can watch with their kids and see if they are ready to kind of enjoy something that is supernatural. That's not completely horrific, but that's kind of bordering on that. Yeah. You it start them with haunted mansion, move over to hereditary next week. And then- <laughs> are they going to say antichrist? <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. It, and I think it's like that perfect kind of like, cult Gateway. film that's going to speak to a yeah. lot of kids growing up in the in this generation that again like like the goonies when it came out was not a success it kind of became one later on as you know kids picked up on it with you know vhs and cable and things like that and it, it, it's it's kind of in that zone i don't think it's necessarily a great movie per se but there is something that is great in the film which is Lakeith Stanfield's performance. He goes harder than any actor in a movie called Haunted Mansion should. Um, I mean, he's a great actor outside of Haunted Mansion, but you watch the performance and you see his work compared to Owen Wilson as a shady priest or (laughs) Tiffany Haddish as a kind of uh, faux psychic and Danny DeVito, you know, all kind of chomping at the bit and and chewing up the scenery. Yeah. And then you see this very earnest, thoughtful, considered portrayal of a former astrophysicist who is now a tour guide mourning the death of his wife and very skeptical towards the supernatural world in general. And that performance, in my opinion, is as Oscar worthy a role as Johnny Depp's performance as Captain Sparrow. You know, the, the, yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah. So it's again, not a great movie and it's not going to become an Oscar nominated film because the movie probably won't do well box office wise. But I think you, you, you look at this and you think to yourself, ah, it's not that bad. Really? I'm a thousand percent with you. I think it's fighting with itself a little bit with what you talked about in that. It feels like two different movies at times. There's this really kind of, emotional core this heartfelt performance to the movie but then every time you kind of go back to that it feels out of place from all of the kind of family friendly kind of horror stuff but um you know i'm a big fan uh, uh, of disney parks i love disney world i love disneyland um i love theme parks especially like elaborate movie themed one which is why i love universal studios why i love walt disney world Um, and I just like the tech behind them. And when you go on these rides that are mostly made for children, but even as an adult, I've come to appreciate, you know, the storytelling and like I said, the, uh, engineering or imagineering and the animatronics and all the special effects and things like that. Um, so they are kind of, it's interesting when I see these rides adapted into movies where it never feels like, okay, maybe a three, four minute ride, which is uh, fun for that thing is it is it really going to be worth stretching into you know two hours plus and you know they proved that with pirates of the caribbean they made what six of those five of those yeah how many do they make i think um, five and they tried six. with other things you know tomorrowland you know jungle cruise more recently um you know there's many others um with haunted mansion i i completely agree with you where this version is a perfect kind of gateway into kind of horror spooky things to children. I think it's that kind of perfect three out of five, not to spoil my rating kind of movie that is 
perfectly enjoyable for the kind of two hours, maybe runs a little bit long. And that's where that kind of, you know, um, fighting with itself in those two different movies in one kind of comes into play. But um, yeah, I think that there are some scares in that first half of the movie where if I was a young child between like, you know, six and 10 years old or something like that, you, that you're probably going to, it's going to remind me of like when we saw Ghostbusters when we were young. And I remember that opening library scene scaring the shit out of me as a kid and stuff like that. Right. Nowhere. This is not on the level of Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters also a very much, a more adult movie. And you're talking about the Ivan Reitman film. Yes. <coughs> Sorry. I know. <clears throat> I know Katie Dippold wrote the other one. So that, yeah, that is a little confusing, but uh, yeah, the original Ghostbusters movie. So um, yeah, I think it's a perfectly enjoyable movie that like, that has a really good performance from Lakeith Stanfield. I liked Owen Wilson quite a bit out of the people that are hamming it up the most. Like, I don't know. I just vibe with Owen Wilson and Owen Wilson's playing Owen Wilson to an extent. Like he's amusing he's himself any- basically. Yeah. He's not doing anything groundbreaking, but like, you know, I think the cast is fun. Like I've, I know I always kind of crap on Tiffany Haddish and I just don't find her like a great actress. And I don't think she, she's a funny comedian. And I just find that like anytime I see her in a movie, it's just it screams of someone performing something where I just kind of see them like really studying their lines and trying to deliver the dialogue as best as they can. And it never quite works. But in something like this, I think she's totally fine. Um, Danny DeVito is always kind of fun. Just, you know, I think I like him more in this than in something like Dumbo more recently out of like Disney stuff that he's done like Dumbo, completely forgettable. This movie, like forgettable, but in a way that like is easy to throw on Disney plus in October. I think that's like my biggest criticism, which isn't even really about the movie is like, why are you releasing this in July? <laughs> like, I just, I don't understand. Like if this was October, I'd probably be like, yeah, you know what? Take your family out to go see it. If it's close to Halloween and your kids are into that kind of stuff. Like, I think you'll have a really good time. It's just like, it's the middle of July. We just had two of the biggest movies of the year come out last week and probably the biggest weekend for cinema since Avengers Endgame in 2019. And you had Mission Impossible a couple weeks back. And yes, counter programming. We mentioned all of this stuff in our Barbenheimer thing. So like a kid's movie or family movie, not necessarily competing with with Oppenheimer. I mean, Barbie to an extent, it is about a, you know, uh, a toy, but um, it's just weird that this is coming out in July where I feel like would it have hurt them to push this a couple months? I don't know what that does to like shareholders and when they promise certain release dates, but I'm like with how dire the the end of the year might be to your point with like the SAG and, and WGA stuff, if stuff keeps moving, like um, you could have probably pushed this to October. And I feel like I would you know, be a little softer on it. That being said, still think it's enjoyable. Um, that's not the movie's problem. The movies is the movie. And, um, I think it's like mildly enjoyable. Like I enjoyed my two hours. Will I ever think of it again? Maybe when I'm at Disney world and I'm about to go on haunted mansion, I'm going to go, Oh yeah. Remember that movie? That was kind of okay. Remember that film with Jared Leto is the (laughs) matchbox (laughs) ghost. (laughs) See, now you've got Uh, me doing it. (laughs) Um, so, I, uh, yeah, it's one of those movies that's like hard to even really talk about. Cause like 
I think the the stuff you want to talk about the most is the Lakeith Stanfield stuff. And yeah. like without getting into spoilery stuff, that is the best stuff in the movie. It just to me, I almost then see that as kind of a negative where I just feel like it doesn't almost even belong in this movie. Like it I'm doesn't. glad it's there. Like I'm glad it's there because at least that means like, you know, Justin Simeon wanted to put, you know, it's not just kind of a fluff Disney, you know, uh, you know, theme park ride movie. He tried to insert some emotion and a and story and depth into it and like it does work throughout it's just kind of at odds with itself because then you get back to this really kind of you know silly kind of sometimes spooky but mostly silly kind of story about um this haunted mansion a lot of um i'm not an expert by any means in in disney rides like i'm a i'm a big fan and and haunted mansion wouldn't rank like super high on my rankings of like favorite dark rides at disney and stuff like that but i know there are people who love haunted mansion now is it a ride or is it an attraction because in in the press notes it kept saying it's a theme park attraction i know i mean that's just uh, i mean that's they're the same thing in my opinion a ride and a yeah yeah um like you could say what a roller coaster is a ride and this is an attraction it's a dark ride to me and a dark ride for people who aren't really theme park people i'm not trying to mansplain theme park rides or anything but like um there might i know there are a ton of people who just aren't theme park people and um but the haunted mansion is you know a ride where you get on a track it's constantly moving i almost knocked over my giant iced coffee because i'm really tired Uh, (laughs) it's the size of my head um you can keep the hat box ghost said here right <laughs> um and it's He's just like in a, your drink <laughs> it's just like a slow ride where you're sitting in a chair and it goes through a track and it's there's no thrills or anything you're mostly watching the paintings move and the ghosts and the animatronics and like the special effects and stuff like that so it's not um those types of rides don't usually try to invoke any like excitement from thrills or anything it's mostly an experience and it tells kind of a a story um so this adapting that you know it's pretty faithful to the ride and it has a lot of you know nods for people who there's the obvious ones that they have and then there are some more kind of deep cuts and easter eggs that you'll see throughout the movies like a, a stupid thing i noticed is like the chairs in the seance room look like the chairs you sit in and you go through haunted mansion like little things like that so you do see that there was like care and love for this this ride and as silly as it is you know we got a barbie movie last week that you know on paper could have just been a barbie movie right but then you know greta gerwig tried to do something a little bit more with that and this could have easily just been a theme park ride and for the most part or adaptation of a theme park ride and for the most part it is but um i i think that that lakeith stanfield stuff is is really solid yeah even the theme or the idea of depression and grief being as possessive as an evil spirit you know that metaphor works here and it works partly because of again Lakeith's performance and how empathetic and emotionally wrought it is at times and another person that I think is actually really good in the movie is Rosario Dawson um as uh Gabby, who's the owner of uh, the Gracie Manor. The titular haunted mansion. Yeah, her and her son, uh, Travis, um, played by Chase W. Dillon, come into the picture early on. And what's really smart about that script-wise is it doesn't waste a whole lot of time, even though it's still a long movie, it doesn't waste a lot of time convincing 
the grown up in the situation that the house is haunted because usually there's a whole 10 minutes worth of material where the kid or the children or somebody is trying to convince somebody else that, you know, there are ghosts or something haunting them. And it almost cuts that out completely and says, okay, well, we don't really want to waste time there. And we want to assemble this group that she enlists to kind of investigate. And that's where you get that ragtag crew coming in who have to also stay there. And I think that even is a, a an interesting idea or a fascinating concept of, of people that have to stay in this basically one location, um, you know, comedy horror movie because the spirits are haunting them outside of the manor and following them home. You know, uh, Lakeith Stanfield gets kind of like the uh, dollar store version of the, I know what you did last summer fisherman, you know, haunting them at times. I think him of like the highliner fish and chips. Like yeah. Yeah. Or fisherman's guy. friend. Um, but <laughs> yeah. there's, there's moments there as well where like the, there's this weird ongoing joke about the place being renovated to be a bed and breakfast. And uh, Ben uh, Lakeith Stanfield's character doesn't really, like Ben Breakfast because they're too interactive with other people. You have to kind of be personable in some way, you know, the, the small talk, but it almost becomes a bed and breakfast with all these characters gathering in a, in a non-nuclear family scenario, um, which does weirdly feel sitcomish at times. And then there are other moments, like you said, where you have, these gorgeous sets that have been kind of recreated based on the original attraction um, and some stuff in there that is scary, but I almost wish Simeon could was allowed to kind of like really go for it because you can tell he's a, you, you can, I know he talked about it with when he was making bad hair, but you can really tell that he is a big fan of tales from the crypt, you know, and, 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 horror anthologies and stuff like that. And and you can see that on display here. And and you can also see that uh, Katie Dippold has this weird fascination with kind of almost like steampunk technology because the camera equipment that Ben uses in the film to, you know, take photos of uh, ectoplasmic beings almost looks like something that the Ghostbusters in her script, in her film um, directed by Paul Feig would use and those little things kind of feel like there's more of an identity here than just simply being you know basically an advertisement to come and see the attraction or go on on the ride and it still is that again to what you were saying earlier but there is something underlying it with like oh some people put some care and dedication in it. Jamie Lee Curtis pops up briefly as a <laughs> yeah. as as Madame Leota, which I kept thinking of Ray Leota every time they yeah. say Leota, um, as a, a powerful medium stuck in her head stuck inside a crystal ball, and she's again chewing up the scenery, but yeah. doing so in a way that it's like it's kind of a little bit of like oh she's you know a genre icon in in so many ways. So it's it's perfect for her to come in and you know have some fun, kind of giving some exposition and you know, moving out of the thing, but, but yeah, there's, there's, I don't under, I understand being disappointed or just kind of considering this another, yeah, you know, attempt at making a big studio tent pole, but it's not awful. It's just no. kind of middle of the road, but still enjoyable. Honestly, for better than I thought it was going yeah. to be. Right. Which is like a positive for me. You like, can put that so on the poster many- better than I thought it would be Matt Warbeck. <laughs> <laughs> no i genuinely like 
I, I do think that like if you want again what we've been kind of saying since the beginning like I there's no harm in, in a kid that is if you see your kids into Halloween or or kind of into sort of goosebumps books or whatever are those still a thing um like I, I would go back Fear Street even you yeah, know like yeah, I mean not not that they'll get into Fear Street but that would be yeah. that would be the next level right when uh, they're teenagers yeah. or something like that yeah like i definitely think this is perfectly decent and um i will say going back to you know we were poking fun at jared leto completely why <laughs> like yep. I, I don't understand like the hatbox ghost a character on the ride that only recently got reintroduced was part of the ride when it like originally launched then got taken away uh put back in like 2015 in disneyland and they're they, they're still working on putting him back in the disney world ride um you know it's a moment at the end of the ride and it's a cool animatronic and and um and special effect that they do but him uh being the main villain in the movie and then it could have been played by anyone. Like, I don't, I don't really think you get much out of being like, wow, it's Jared Leto. He's completely in makeup. He's doing a voice that's altered with, you know, technology and stuff like that is like, this literally could have been anyone. So like, it's stuff like that where I'm like, is he much of a sell to be like, Ooh, well, Jared Leto's that box ghost. Gotta go see haunted mansion Academy award winner. So I, I don't know, like that, kind of baffled me a little bit and then um there's a few uh, cameos which i guess i won't spoil here i don't know if they're in the trailer or not but um some of them are like eh, okay um for like literally one scene but um sort of distracting and i don't know if that added to much either but yeah the hatbox ghost could have been played by rob thomas of matchbox 20 and it wouldn't have made any difference you know, performance yeah. wise, it's, it's such a, it's just really a one note character that when you're watching yeah. Leto do it, it just kind of feels like, okay, they, they need a celebrity in the role. And the funniest thing about this whole movie is seeing his uh, credit at the beginning of the film and Jared Leto. Is the He's the only one. He gets the and credit and then the as credit as well. Right. Cause it's yeah. like the, it's so silly. Like you could have gotten like a really good voice actor to probably play that role and then had something like that. Not saying that Jared Leto does a bad job, but it's just like, I mean, it's just like, I wouldn't have known if you didn't have his name in the credits, if it was uncredited, I would have never gone. Oh my God, that's Jared Leto. Um, so anyways, it's yeah. Jared Leto, what's he doing here? <laughs> um, I don't have much else to say. Like, I, I really do think it's, you know, a mildly enjoyable, you know, um, family friendly horror movie with a little bit of depth sprinkled in because of, uh, this emotional core. But again, I think maybe for also younger kids too, like some of that stuff is lost and and it might actually kind of hurt the movie when you're like, so I'm like, I guess that's there for the parents because it is this exploration of grief and things like that too. But um, I think when you try to do everything, sometimes it just doesn't really come together. But that being said, to your point, like it's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. I'm going to give it a three out of five. I would say you don't need to go see it in theaters because it's July. <laughs> um, like, How dare you? Much, I, that is that is that is I don't the know. thinking. I, I do I'm not, not like. I you know can you watch don't horror agree with Let me speak. Let no! me. No, no. Um, I I just <laughs> Eric. I get it. You can watch horror movies if you watch yes. Elf in July. You're you're a psychopath. Oh, um, <laughs> the Grinch stole like, Christmas. Yeah, like you're a psycho. But like if. And I'm kidding everyone, but watch whatever you want, whenever you want. But I'm just saying, I don't, I'm just saying there's so much, there's been so much this year. There's so much everywhere. I just, to me, 
is like you can watch a horror movie anytime, but like especially this kind of movie, like a haunted house kind of movie. I'm like for families, I'm like it just seems like October is a much better time. For October. That. And I, um, <laughs> um, and I just I don't know. I just feel like you could wait. Uh, this will be on Disney Plus probably in August and then or September, and then you could probably watch this in October, closer to Halloween. I just feel like there's too much out there. I like personally. I think there's nothing wrong with watching horror year round. Um, it's not illegal, <laughs> but certain horror movies I think are better at different times of the year too. This just feels like a Halloween movie. Like even though right. it doesn't take place on Halloween or anything like that, like it just feels like a movie that you know would be great to watch in October. So if I'm on, you know, Disney's marketing team, I'm going, well, that to me, you know, there's so much out in the summer. Why don't we push things around a little bit? And then it's going to be on Disney plus around that time. The movie's good, but not good enough for me to be like, go spend a lot of money to take your whole family to the theater. Yeah. Like just wait, watch it on Disney plus closer to Halloween. That's my recommendation, but you can go off. I know you, you think, well, no, 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 I, 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 I actually, understand what you're saying where from a financial point of view this might have made a little bit more money if it was being released in october compared to now but when it comes to watching horror movies in general i mean it it, there's there's tons of proof i mean look at jaws you know the the most popular blockbuster of all time was a summer release changed Literally, that doesn't feel like a Halloween movie. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not saying Halloween. I'm saying horror movies now in general, right? Because because but but you look, but well, but also The Conjuring, right? I know. Scream earlier this year, dude. Like or or the last couple years. But but The Conjuring specifically is at least the first one is a haunted house movie, right? I agree. So that's a summer release. It did really well. I'd still prefer all horror movies. Just every week have two or three horror movies come out in October and then get away from the rest of the year. How dare you? How Uh, dare you? You are, you disgust me with your narrow minded thinking of when a horror movie should. And I'm going to be the guy standing at Disneyland. If someone's going on haunted mansion in January, I'm going to go, what the hell is wrong with you? I actually try. I tried um, to do that when I was when I was in LA, but it was closed. So Yeah, it was uh, shut down for a while when we were there too. And then um yeah. it did open back up and we were able to kind of uh jump back on. Um which Disney ride will get adapted next? I think we already know, right? Isn't it uh Space Mountain or Yeah, Space Mountain we were talking about. Um list I'm giving it a Disney. three out of five, by the way. Oh, sorry, and, and, forgot. And, I forgot. And I think yeah, I think it's cares? it's it's a perfectly <laughs> Middle of the road movie that a lot of people probably will end up catching up with on Disney Plus if they have it, and there will be there there will be a stronger effect if you do watch it during October just to get in the mood and have fun with it, and it's not it's not mean spirited either, which is nice. Like it like a lot of I, I love horror movies to death, but there are times where you feel a toll being taken on the character and there's a not every movie obviously but there's a lot of stuff where you know you'll watch a slasher movie or a possession film or anything kind of in that zone and you feel like oh man like watching evil dead rise is a perfect example of that where not that i'm taking a moral stance on it but watching the family in that film be terrorized and mutilated and treated so poorly was a really strange choice on the director and the screenwriter's 
perspective because the family is portrayed as decent people who have just yeah. had their father walk my, out and you're kind of like oh this is dude as i get older i'm realizing like that's that kind of shit just doesn't sit well with me anymore like i i don't know like i can't escape that feeling that you're talking about and that's kind of how i felt during cocaine bear yeah. as well like where you always had a thing with, with like animal yeah. attacks though because i remember we were talking about that with yeah. um oh i'm uh 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 not black bear, uh, black country. I think it was. Yep. Or, yeah. Same yeah. thing where I felt it, it's way more visceral to me because there's something, uh, I know it happens, but there's something that I remove myself from in like a slasher where I don't find like, Oh, I, someone's going to break into my house and stab me with a knife. Right. Like, yeah. well, I live in Toronto that might happen on the train, but like, it, it's not like, something i'm scared of where like or it happens to people that often i know people get murdered all the time people get stabbed all the time but there's not like masked serial killers or like a demon coming after someone in their home right like that stuff doesn't usually happen um so the stuff that feels more real like a, an animal attack and when it's gratuitously violent and just very intense and i know that sometimes the point and that can be important to show and things like that but like there's this fine line where you know with cocaine bear making it a comedy when like half the people there weren't bad people or anything like that and then in backcountry those are just i know those can be like true stories and stuff too um that can be very intense um there's just something that um is off-putting about it to me when it feels like it's happened to real people or could happen to real people not saying people get attacked by bears all the time or anything like that either but like that feels like more of a possibility than getting stabbed by a dude in a mask so to me that just feels not insensitive uh but like do you know what i'm saying kind of like i don't know it feels more yeah real, there, so well it just it's, it's more visceral though to you as well yeah. where like what you're saying i i feel similar to again like i'm not worried about a man in a hockey mask coming into my home and yeah. killing me but that era of slasher films in the late 70s into the 80s you know, it, it kind of missed the point of what John Carpenter did with Halloween. You know, like it was disturbing and creepy and uncomfortable to watch at times, but there was yeah. artistry there and there was a point to the filmmaking yeah. where the lessons being taught afterwards, and you see this with the Friday the 13th movies, you see this with a lot of right. these kind of slashers, Sex, is that it, drugs, well, it objectifies murder. women, yeah. right? And yeah. so, you know, you have a serial killer usually stabbing a woman with a sharp phallic like yeah. object yeah. and it's usually because they've had sex or they've done drugs and this haunted mansion review took a turn a <laughs> Sorry dark turn. families listening <laughs> no no but 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 that's that's where like when you watch some of those movies like the, the most notorious ones being like you know i spit on your grave and some people have yeah. reclaimed it as kind of being feminist in a way in the in how like it's portrayed but there's something where it's like you're you're trying to sensationalize the graphic nature of murder, rape, all these horrible things. And I just it with, just doesn't interest me anymore. And that's it doesn't interest me anymore. I mean, to each their own. Like if you if you find something out of that, then that's fine. It's why I didn't like um uh what's it called at Sundance this year? Cronin baby Cronenberg. Um, um Infinity Pool. Infinity Pool. And like I just don't I know that there's some commentary there and and I get 
people getting something out of that. But like, I'm not becoming more of a prude as I get older, but like, <laughs> I'm just like, I, I, but then again, like I liked the Saw movies, which are on the extreme opposite end of that, which literally have no value and no social commentary or no, nothing really other than like, but they're also gratuitous. silly. That's what I mean. And I think that's where I can remove myself. Right. Is like when they're comically violent to the point of like, and I don't know, maybe I get something out of the goofiness, out of the creativity of the traps and how ridiculous they are. So again, I don't feel like it's like a something that could happen, but then it is means, but then there are, I guess it's not because Jigsaw's trying to kill people who sort of did bad things. So it is this weird vigilante kind of thing. Well, his logic way. is the one thing so where like, I don't Oh, understand. it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but like, at least that's maybe part of it, why I don't mind seeing that. But as I get older, I'm just finding... Um, that that stuff and i forget how we even got here well why were we well even just quickly this? with the saw movies like it's yeah. interesting because when they started that was the beginning of that wave with eli roth and hostel and things like that of the torture porn era too yeah where a lot of people were talking about like do you really want to see somebody mutilated horribly mm, for not really and it's not usually the whole film either it's usually like the like last a, act yeah right and or and so moment, yeah. yeah and so that kind of came up a lot in like you know 2003 to 2008 or 9 when that those movies were being made and i think one of the most offensive ones of, of those was um weirdly roland joffe's uh captivity with uh elisa uh cuthbert uh oh, in the yeah. lead role um which a lot of people have forgotten about now but it's just interesting thinking that the guy who directed the killing fields uh and the mission and then produced super mario brothers went on to direct a torture porn movie um yeah so yeah it's just horror is just a really fascinating genre onto itself where i love it because it's such, I find it such a comforting thing, but the stuff that I love the most is kind of like the goofy B movie mm-hmm. stuff. And, and even though Sam Raimi's evil dead is, is, is a great film. There's stuff in that that has been debated. And, and I think understandably so, you know, the tree sequence in particular. Yeah. So it's, yeah, you, I think you just have to be conscientious of like what you're watching and who you're watching it with. But then, you know, like I'm excited to one day show, you know, my nephew, like a movie like John Carpenter's The Thing, you know, it's it's a gross film. One of the best movies of all time. But it's, yeah, it's it's a great movie. There's artistry in there. You know, I'll yeah. just show him watched, at an age when he can handle it. <laughs> exactly. I watched the Midsommar uh, director's cut on, on the weekend. And I think I liked it even more than the first time I, I'd seen the movie. And I liked the director's cut even more because as violent as violent can be as fucked up and strange as it can be is like, there is some something hauntingly gorgeous in that movie. And it is sort of saying something and, and, and and things like that. So like, I'm not team elevated horror or anything, but like, I do need a little bit more than, than just, you know, gratuitous violence now. And just, and, and being, it mean spirited horror is what I just don't like kind of. It's like, hurting good people and i'm trying to watch that for entertainment and i i know it's just a movie and i usually can remove myself but like you still want to get engrossed and and like into the movie so when you're just good people and i know it's like oh the final girl and all those kind of overcoming it and all those things but when it's just 
good people getting murdered for an hour and a half. I'm just like, I can't, I, I can't. So even so, so bringing it back full circle, like something like this, even though it is family friendly is kind of nice that, like you said, it, it's never really mean spirited. It has a good vibe the whole time. You never like, but some good scares in that opening kind of, I think first hour or so as well. Like I do think that there are some jump scares and stuff in this that, um, we'll get kids. Cause like I, it did, I don't really, that stuff doesn't bother me even in, you know, uh, big boy horror movies, but like, it, um, in this, uh, I was like, Oh, if I was a kid, that would have probably scared me. Um, quickly before we go, cause I, I think our reviews are always interesting when they're not just about the movies. We kind of, that's why this horror conversation was interesting. And before we go, I want to look at what, like, cause with Barbie, I mean, people are, calling it an a, a, a original movie with Oppenheimer and with Barbie because um, it's not a superhero movie or, or something like that. So people it's like, oh, it's an original movie. Um, I think it's interesting because we've gotten uh, Eric and I did this off the air when we saw Haunted Mansion. Oppenheimer. But, you know, uh, <laughs> but Disney, you know, adapting their theme park rides, obviously Pirates of the uh, Caribbean being like the big franchise from their uh, things but they've tried it before with tower of terror in, in 1997 oh they scarlett did, johansson and steve gutenberg um, <laughs> um yeah um and then they have um mission to mars uh which i did not even realize is based on the the disney ride and then i go well it's titled the same thing as the disney ride which i will say is right that the here, brian de palma movie or is that the um, other one? Because there's yes, Red Planet. It is the Brian De Palma movie. Classic yeah. Disney Which De Palma. did not know giant. De Palma adapted a Disney ride. and Because that say came out the Mission, same time as Red Planet. So yeah, there was the two uh, Mars movies at that point. Mission to Mars, the worst Disney ride. I will put that out there right now. It is trash. I hate it. It's awful. There's two different versions. There's like the 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 easy version and the hard version. Do not ever do the hard version. I did that. It was a horrible mistake. It's awful. They try to make you feel like you're actually being launched into space. So like the pressure in your chest and like your vision and it, it gives you like G-force to be like you're launching into space and you just look out of this tiny hole and Nevis and I had a panic attack and we just were like, you just, and they're like, don't close your eyes. It'll make you feel more sick. You have to look at the horizon or whatever. And it was the worst thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> so there's that uh we had country bears we had uh, the original haunted mansion um tomorrow land which god I, I wanted that movie to be great so badly but like you know it was brad bird you know coming was this after mission impossible yeah it was after ghost yeah. protocol um i just and i liked the vibe of like the you know the mystery box kind of thing it was doing but just didn't really work i've only seen it the one time and never gone back to it um um, and then we had Jungle Cruise recently. So then coming up in the future, we have supposedly a new Pirates of the Caribbean movie from Joaquin Roning. And then um, Space Mountain uh, is supposed to be coming out. We have Taika Waititi's Tower of Terror, um, which I didn't even realize. He's signed on to like 80 million different things. Um, so Scarlett Johansson was in the... No, you're talking about Kirsten Dunst. Oh, it was Kirsten Dunst. Okay, because yeah, they Scarlett were kind of big at the same the time one. as kids, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. yeah. Scarlett Johansson is attached to the new Tower of But Terror the Goot movie. was in there, right? Um, yeah, the Goot was there. Um, <laughs> and then a Jungle Cruise sequel, and then we're getting Big Thunder Mountain from Burt and Birdie, and then we're getting a Seth Rogen-produced Figment movie, which if people are Disney World fans, Figment, the mascot of Epcot. He is a purple dragon. 
um, and the figment ride also awful, but kind of fun, um, because it's so awful. So, um, interesting stuff. We had Muppets haunted mansion that came out on Disney plus last year as well. So just haunted mansion up, which guess what came out in October. Um, Eric, are you excited for any of those? Uh, no, but I might rewatch. <laughs> it's been a very long time, obviously, uh, since I've watched, uh, Tower of Terror. So I Mission might, to I, Mars. Oh God, no! I I saw that once because I was going through like when I remember going through all of Brian De Palma's movies, and then I got to that because that was a, that was after the success of Mission and uh, Mission Impossible, and and he's always one of those guys that has. Wow, one look or at two. that! You do a Mission Impossible movie, then you do a bad Disney adaptation. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> then, that's how um, it works. But he was can't DePaul's wait for Christopher McQuarrie's um fucking. It's a small world. <laughs> 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 but yeah, DePaul was one of those guys that like always had a hit in like every decade, the way that like Wes Craven did, where you know um, De Palma with uh, the '80s and the Untouchables and the Mission Impossible, and and I think he was trying to like strike, you know, the 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 lightning one more time and and kind of like get in there. But he just that movie, I never want to watch it again. But I just remember sitting there and thinking, man, this is so boring. And anybody like Jared Leto being the Hatbox ghost, anybody could have directed that film. It didn't need to be Brian De Palma. You know? Good stuff. All right. Uh, let us know what your favorite Disney attraction is in the comments below. Drop us a like, a follow, send it to your friends, a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Go over on Letterboxd, Untitled underscore movies. Where everywhere are we on threads we are on threads do i keep forgetting threads exists <laughs> yes you just did tweeted I, about it did i freeze again if this you corrupts did. my video i'm gonna lose it and if people watched our um our last uh thing i, I can't believe this is happening again. i'm surprised it is happening because it's usually on my side that there's tech problems failure reason error their high quality audio stream for their microphone has stopped what the hell? Can you still hear me? Do I? Sound I can still fine? hear you. You sound great. Oh my god! All right, let's wrap it up, everyone. Uh, we'll be back soon with more. <laughs> um, as always, follow all my stuff on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. You can follow me on all the social medias at EM six two one one. Until next time. <sighs> Why is Jared Leto in this movie? <laughs>